Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Good morning, Salem. How many glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? We're going to ask you to stand now. We welcome you into the sanctuary of the Salem Church and to those who are sharing by way of streaming, we welcome you into the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. And even now as we begin this worship experience, we open with the word of God. Psalm 100 reads, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Let's bow our heads again, Lord. We are so grateful and thankful on this day that you have allowed us to once again enter into this moment of worship, God, and we come to worship you because you and you alone are worthy of all of our worship, our praise, and our thanksgiving. We adore you, God, for all that you are, and we come to lift up your name, and we pray that you would receive glory in all that we do. We invoke and invite your presence on today, not only in this building, but in our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, amen and amen.
testify that when we were out of our right mind, we had some saints, whether mother or father, praying for us, and we came in on somebody else's prayers. Amen? Amen. We thank God that we have the privilege of going to the Lord in prayer. The Bible says that the middle wall of partition has been broken down, and we're able to boldly go to the Lord in prayer and so it is an opportunity for us to go <clears throat> to the Lord in prayer we want to remember those who give leadership in our uh, civil activities our president those who uh, lead us on the national local level as again we re are reminded each and every time we turn on uh, our televisions uh, surf the web or read the newspaper, there are wars and rumors of wars all across this world, and so we want to pray for peace, 
And as well, even on the streets of our cities, we want to pray that the Lord's peace would prevail for those who need him and those who need his calming hand to be placed upon their spirits and in their hearts. Amen. The truth is, things don't have to be the way they are. I ought to have a witness. Amen. And so we need to keep on praying that God would move in a mighty way. We want to remember those who have specifically requested our prayers on today. Those who are hospitalized, Sister Gloria Brody, Sister Brenda Lewis, Sister Rebecca Miller, Brother Joseph Williams, and those who have requested prayer, infant Elijah Smith in St. Louis, Missouri, the nephew of Minister Anias Montague, Sister Melanie Lloyd, Sister Sabrina McKinney in Dallas, Texas, Sister Glenda Newell, Brother Michael Griffin, Brother Larry Kilpatrick, Brother Philip McLean Smith, Brother Lawrence Wallington, Deacon James Brewer. For those who are bereaved, we lift them in prayer as well. Brother John and Sister Brenda Rice and the loss of his nephew, Patrick Cortez Rice. Sister Tina Twyman and the loss of her mother, Carrie Twyman. Paul and Lula Barty Smith and the loss of her sister, Henrietta Henry. And to our church family, to family and friends, the loss of Sister Tish Holland. The funeral arrangements are pending. We want to lift uh, that family, friends, and loved ones in our prayers. Sisters Sherry and Donna Reed and the loss of their uncle, Brother uh, Marco Montgomery. And Eugenia Anthony. John Williams and Tiffany Jackson in the loss of John C. Williams. The funeral arrangements are pending. It is an opportunity for us to go corporately to the Lord in prayer. And the good news is, is that the Lord is able to hear us individually. And he's able to hear us collectively all at the same time. Amen. And so we want to offer you just a few moments to bow your heads and take to the Lord whatever situation and circumstance that is urgent in your life right now. Some priority that you want to take to the Lord. And as you take that situation to him, it's not as if he does not know. But as we take it to him, we are simply acknowledging the fact that there are some things we cannot handle on our own. And we're saying to him, Lord, at this point, I've done all I can do. I'm going to take my hands off of it. I'm going to lay it at your feet. I'm going to ask you to move with an otherworldly power. Take it to him. 
listening. He hears. Whatever it is, you can share it with him right now. Lord, we do love you and we thank you for the privilege of prayer. Lord, we are grateful that we can come to you open and honest. We can bear our souls to you. Lord, we are so grateful that when we come to you, we can declare it's a no-judgment zone. That you simply are listening as a loving and caring God. We're so grateful, God, when we can't talk to anybody else, we can talk to you. When we can't lean on anyone else, we can lean on you. When we cannot trust in anyone else, we can trust in you. Lord, we trust you. And Lord, we not only trust you to hear our prayers, but we trust and have faith and lean and depend on the fact, God, that you're going to always be there with us. Your word has promised us that you'd never leave us and you'd never forsake us. And so, God, we come to you in confidence because when others have turned their backs on us, others could not be found. We've been abandoned and left alone. We know that you were right there with us. So, God, we come thanking you because we realize that is a part of who you are. It's your character you're constant you're consistent you are a very present help even in a time of trouble and for that God we thank you and Lord we thank you because we can come to you even with all of our sins and our shortcomings how we've fallen short every day, God. But your word declares, if we confess our sins, you are faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, God, we lay our sins at your feet, begging, God, that you would cleanse us, forgive us, cover our sins in the blood of Jesus that he shed on Calvary's cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for covering us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we come seeking your guidance and your leadership in our lives. Some of us don't know what tomorrow and next week and next month are going to hold, but God, we know that you know. 
We know that you hold tomorrow in your hands. And so we pray that you lead, guide, and direct us. For those who are heartbroken right now, in the name of Jesus, heal and comfort God. For those who discouragement and disappointment have become a part of their daily lives, God, allow them to know that weeping endures for a night. For joy is going to come in the morning. And we thank you in advance for the joy we're going to receive. The joy we shall experience. Lord, we have called names to you on today. Those who are hospitalized, those who have requests that they might be lifted, whether it is a physical, mental, spiritual, financial issue, some familiar uh, in, in, issue in their life. God, we lift it to you right now. We don't need to know the details because we know that you know. We lift them to you. For those who are grieving and mourning, especially in this holiday season, Allow your spirit, God, to give comfort and consolation. We thank you, God, that you walk with us every step of our journey. Even through the shadow of death, you're right there with us. And God, we say thank you. So, Lord, we lift these persons, we lift these prayers, these supplications to you right now. As well, we lift our thanks and praise to you. For you are worthy, and we know you hear. We lift them to you, God, believing that you shall move on the behalf of your people and your children. And so we thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. We ask it in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, put your hands together and praise the Lord for the power of prayer. You may be seated. Good morning, Salem. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? When they said, let's go into the house of the Lord, I wasn't just glad. I was very, very glad. And I'm grateful to be here today, and I give God all honor, glory, and praise. My name is Charles Smith, and I serve in the deacon's ministry here at Salem Baptist Church. I've served as a deacon for the last 15 years, and I've been here for 20 years. God is good. All the time and all the time, God is good. Isn't that right? Amen, amen. I have a couple of announcements I want to make uh, this morning. And there's a tradition that we have here at the Salem Baptist Church. Every Christmas, we show deep appreciation for our pastor and the first family of Salem Baptist Church. Amen. We do that every year. And pastor, I promise I'm not going to say anything bad about the Cowboys. 
They're not going to the playoffs. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just like to play with the pastor sometime about the Cowboys. But seriously, uh, when we think back, when we think back on the years, I just need you to just hear me for a second. When we think back on the years, the 18 years that pastor has served with, served as our senior pastor, uh, the prayers, and he just prayed today, the, the preaching, the teaching, the phone calls that he makes, uh, you know, when we're under the weather, the encouraging words, conversations from Sister Marla Backus to the members of this church, the community service that this church provides a community. Matter of fact, on yesterday, just yesterday, we gave away, I don't know what the number is, but the goal was to give away about 300 Christmas baskets to the needy people in the community. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that a blessing? Uh-huh. Yeah, our pastor, he encouraged us to do these things, and he leads the way in these, in these matters. The, the leadership that he provides us, uh, you know, and when you think about the, the, the homegoing services that he's done over the years, the homegoing services and the baby dedications, all these things, you realize that it requires dedication, devotion, and a desire to lift up and exalt the Savior, expanding the kingdom of God. Amen? And our pastor is doing just that. And, and, and we want to show him how much we appreciate him and love him. So let's show that love and appreciation to our first family by giving a wonderful, blessed gift so they can have a wonderful, blessed Christmas. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, for those of you, for those of you that are in the 19th century and the 20th century, you can use this envelope like me. I'm old school. You can use this envelope and you can put your very best gift on that line that says other and say pastor and family gift for Christmas on that, on that uh, memo line down there. Put your best gift in there uh, and show them how much we love and appreciate them and give them a good Christmas. Amen? Now that's one other thing that I want to share with you uh, today. Uh, the first thing I want to say is when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you better do it. And this morning, I was taking my wife to work, and the Lord just dropped this in my spirit. Yeah, he dropped it in my spirit. Now, the deacon didn't tell me to say this. Pastor didn't tell me to say that. Brother Wes Hutchinson didn't tell me to say this. But I'm going to say it because the Holy Spirit told me to say it, and I'm going to say it. Our mission here at the Salem Baptist Church is to exalt the Savior, and that's Jesus Christ, evangelize the lost, equip the saints, and expand the kingdom of God. That's our mission here. That's an important mission. And it requires dedication, devotion, and hearing and listening to the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit uh -huh, to, achieve, to achieve that mission. It, it requires that. And it was Jesus that said in Luke chapter 14, verse number 28, Jesus said, which of you intends to build a tower or build a building and not count the cost mm -hmm. to make sure that you have enough to finish and complete the job. It was Jesus that said that. Amen? Uh, you can look it up. It's in Luke. You can look it up. Now, I, I know you don't know exactly where I'm going with it, but I'm going to show you in a minute. Salem, you are giving of your time 
your talents and your treasures uh -huh, to, this, to this church and this body of believers so that uh, we can continue with ministries here. Our finance ministry, led by Sister uh, Tammy Brown and the folks that worked in the finance department are doing a great job counting the cost of what you provide and what you give. They're counting the cost because it costs. And they're counting the cost and they're doing a wonderful job. And our pastor here is leading according to the guidance of the Holy Spirit to get, to get the work done so that we can achieve our mission here. Now, in light of that, we all need to be here Tuesday evening for our uh, annual meeting so that you can hear and see what's going on with your resources that you're giving here at this church. Amen? Now, I don't know what folks are doing at other churches. I don't know. But I know what we're doing here. We are exalting the Savior. We are evangelizing the lost. We're equipping the saints. And we're expanding the kingdom of God. And you all need to be here. I need to be here. We all need to be here so that we can hear from our leaders of what's going on with the resources here at this church. And I'm inviting all of you all to come out here on, on Tuesday, Tuesday at 7 o'clock, right here in the sanctuary, so that we can hear from Sister Brown, so we can hear from Deacon Johnson, so we can hear from uh, Trustee Hutchinson, and so we can hear from our pastor on what's going on with your resources. Now, we want you to give the best gift you can give to our pastor and his family for Christmas. And we want you all to be here Tuesday night for our church annual meeting. Are y'all with me with this? Can I hear you say amen? All right. Praise the Lord. We'll see you Tuesday night and give you, Pastor, the best gift you can give it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deacon Smith. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We do want to allow those who are going to be a part of youth church to be dismissed at, that, at this time. Minister Whitaker and those who assist him are going to be in place to receive you at this point. Amen. Again, we welcome each and every one of you to... Uh, worship here at the Salem Church, whether you're in the sanctuary or the virtual sanctuary. We want to welcome those who are guests on today, those who are visiting with us in worship. We're going to ask you to stand if you are our guest on today, if you're visiting with us in worship. We're going to ask you to stand, not going to ask you to say or do anything. Amen. Any guests, any visitors on today? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We are so grateful that you came to worship with us here at the Salem Baptist Church, and we uh, pray and plead that this would not be your last time that you would come and worship with us again here at the Salem Baptist Church. As well, we want to remember, or we want to celebrate those on today who will be celebrating their birthdays in the month of December. Those who have a birthday in December. We're going to ask you to stand real quickly. We're going to ask you to stand. Amen. Amen. Happy birthday to each and every one of you. God bless you. Amen. We pray that you would have a wonderful birthday, a wonderful birthday as you begin to count more candles this year than you had last year. Amen. 
uh, as uh, Deacon Smith reminded us, we do want to invite you to please, please come. We need you to be here Tuesday at 7 p.m. for our annual meeting. It is extremely important for you to be here on this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Very quickly, we want to go through a couple of things. We want to praise God for last weekend, our Joyful Noise production at the Still House in partnership with Omaha Performing Arts with a, a wonderful blessing. And Salem, because of your faithfulness, because of your stewardship, because of your generosity, we are able to do things that not only bless the Salem Church, but bless the community as a whole. And it was a wonderful blessing to see persons from all across the metro area to be a part of Joyful Noise. And we thank God for our Music and Fine Arts Ministry and our Music and Fine Arts Council for doing an excellent job. Come on, let's bless God for them. Amen. As Deacon Smith said on yesterday, we had our Christmas food basket giveaway for our seniors. It went excellent, but we do want to say those who could not pick up your meals on yesterday, seniors who are part of our congregation and our community, uh, we want you to please pick it up on Wednesday, December 13th from the pantry. We are grateful for our partner and sponsor, corporate sponsor from State Farm, Brother Kurt uh, uh, Court Bonner for uh, partnering with us and allowing us to get those blessings out to our community. So again, if you're 65 and above, please come by the pantry on Wednesday, beginning around 10 a.m. and get your Christmas meal box, amen? On next Sunday, we'll be having our College Sunday. We invite you to wear your favorite college or Greek organization gear on next Sunday. Immediate following worship, all college students and young adults are welcome to join together for a time of fellowship in the fellowship hall. Amen? Amen. We're moving forward into 2024, and we uh, want our high school students to know that we there are some high school scholarships that are available. If you look on our website at SalemBC.org, you can uh, find those and you can apply. We want you to get all the resources that you can possibly get. Amen. And uh, last but not least, well, not last, but our Children's Church Ministry Volunteer Survey, we're asking you to stop by, the, uh, the, uh, stop by and sis see Sister Worley as you exit worship to fill out that survey. We're trying to continue to build our children's ministry and we need some volunteers the Lord will put an extra star in your crown amen so please please fill out that survey we need some volunteers to continue uh, helping us build that ministry uh, there will be no corporate prayer during this month the month of December because of the holidays and the Salem winter clothing drive continues through January 31st now on Sunday, the 24th of December, New Year's Eve, I am inviting you to have brunch with the pastor in Christmas Eve. Amen. What did I say? I said Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. I'm inviting you immediately following worship to have brunch with the pastor. Amen. Amen. I'm about all y'all brunch on, well, as many that will stay. When food runs out, the food is out. Amen. But 
I'm, <laughs> I want to have brunch with you all on Christmas Eve, so immediately following worship, we're inviting you to meet us in the J.C. Wade Fellowship Hall, and we're going to have a wonderful time of fellowship. Amen. I'm going to come and shake everybody. No, I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to wave at everybody. Amen. So again, we have a full, full calendar in December here at the church, but we know the Lord is continuing to bless the ministry of the Salem Baptist Church. Amen? Amen. It's a poor dog that won't every once in a while wag its own tail. The Lord is doing great and marvelous things in the life of the Salem Church, and it's because of your faithful giving, because of your generosity, uh, because of your stewardship. Amen? And that is the perfect segue into the fact that Salem, it is giving time. Respect and honor. It is appropriate to give respect and honor to whom honor is due. A Nobel Prize laureate is honored for his or her achievements. The military awards a silver star for heroes who have displayed extraordinary valor in the face of the enemy. Those wounded in action may be honored with a presidential purple heart. And even a college may bestow an honorary doctorate degree to someone who has distinguished themselves by some outstanding achievement or some great gift. All these recipients merit it because of some notable accomplishment or contribution to society. To some degree, everyone craves respect and honor, but what has been done to merit it? Truthfully, some want respect and honor without meeting any conditions. Careful study of most of the Bible promises we cherish will reveal they are not unconditional promises. Many want forgiveness from the Lord while harboring unforgiveness toward their fellow man. Some want the Lord to be liberal to them while they're stingy with others in need. Unfortunately, it does not work that way. We all want honor from the Lord, but the Lord does not indiscriminately give it away. The Lord says this in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, for those who honor me, I will honor. The Lord's word shows many ways we can honor him, and as a result, be honored by him. One is by carefully following obeying and serving Jesus. Jesus says this in John chapter 12, verse 26. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Another way we can honor the Lord and be honored and rewarded by him is by putting him first in our finances. His word tells us this in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. As you prepare to give on today, repeat these words in your heart. Lord, because I respect and honor you with the first fruits of my increase, my life is filled with honor and overflowing blessings. Amen. 
Amen. We continue to invite you to you to continue in your stewardship and your faithfulness and your generosity. There are various platforms by which you are able to give. You are able to give uh, through uh, our website at SalemBC.org, through PayPal, through Giveify, through Venmo, through Cash App, and you can text to give. Amen. Uh, for those who wish to, to mail your tithing offering here to the church, you can mail them at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., you can bring your tithe and offering here to the offices. There is a secure tithe and offering box available for you to bring your tithe and your offering. And for those who are in the sanctuary, there will be persons in place to receive your tithe and offering as you exit worship on today. We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. We praise God on today that we celebrate the continued legacy of my predecessors, Dr. J.C. Wade Sr. and Dr. Maurice Watson, uh, as a part of their pastoral ministry. Part of the primary gifting that they had was the gift of preaching. Amen. Both were gifted preachers known throughout not only the Omaha area, but all across this country and internationally. And so each year we take a time out to celebrate uh, the preaching prowess and the power of the preaching of, our, of my predecessors, Dr. Maurice Watson and Dr. J.C. Wade Sr. And we elevate their memory because of what God has done through their preaching ministry. And so we bring in each year persons who are gifted preachers, amen, as an indication that we honor their memory and their legacy of preaching. And we're blessed on this year uh, to have one who's no stranger to the Salem Church. Pastor Reginald Leeback is pastor of the Mount Olive Baptist Church in Brooklyn, New York, amen. Uh, we praise God for him and for his preaching ministry, for his pastoral ministry. He is uh, up and coming. He's got about three or four more years where we can say he's up and coming before he has arrived. Amen. When you get to a certain age, you've already arrived. Amen. Uh, but we praise God that he's taken time out of his busy schedule as pastor and preacher and community leader to come and bless us on today with the word. Amen. Amen. We're asking that you would be prayerful in the pew, that there will be powerful preaching in the pulpit. Amen. We're going to ask at this time that our music and fine arts ministry would come and lead us further in worship. The next preaching voice you will hear will be none other than Pastor Reginald Leeback, as pastor of the Mount Olive Baptist Church of Brooklyn, New York. Come on, put your hands together and praise the Lord in advance for what the Lord is going to do.
Come on, any grateful people in the sanctuary? Come on, come on. Can you give God the praise that he's deserving of for his goodness, for his mercy? Can I add a few lines for his graciousness, for his love, for his compassion, for his unfailing love and grace and mercy? Anybody know he's worthy? He's worthy. corporate but, but but can you personalize I know it's toward us but can you thank him for his goodness and his mercy for for you when there was nobody else around I need somebody to thank God for what he did for you that you couldn't have done if you wanted to do it mama couldn't do it daddy couldn't do it but his goodness and his mercy towards me when I was undeserving when I was unworthy ready to throw in the towel is the day that the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. The man can make a whole lot of things. We can make trouble. We can make a mess. But we can't make a day. Therefore, we praise the maker of this day. I don't know if you got about 10 seconds just to give God a thank you for your goodness and your mercy praise. Come on, come on. I, I think half of y'all got it. If, if the other half catch on, something will happen in the sanctuary. He inhabits the praises of his people. So I'll magnify the Lord with me and let us rejoice. sit down before I keep going. I'm trying to get to the word now. Y'all know I'm a little fire starter. It don't take much. When I think of the goodness of the Lord all that he's done that it feel like fire shut up in my bones. Fire got to move on. We got to move on. Let's, we certainly are grateful. Oh, 
trying, I'm trying to hold my mule. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Somebody tell them, you don't know like I know how good God has been to me. Turn to your other neighbor, say, I don't look like what I've been through. But it's mercy. Just kept on keeping me. We're a little Baptocostal in Brooklyn. So I'll shout and dance in a minute. Amen. We're going to try to get there. Hallelujah. 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 We are indeed grateful for the blessed privilege and opportunity. First and foremost, to experience the gift of life. If you ain't got nothing else to be thankful for this morning, he woke you up this morning. Started you on your way. The four walls of your room wasn't the four walls of a casket, of a hospital, of an insane asylum. But the Lord has been good once again. So we thank God for life, for the blessed privilege and opportunity that is ours to share together with this, the Salem Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Church say amen. We certainly salute the angel of this house, the prolific pulpiteer, the ecclesiastical giant, the name of the Reverend Dr. S.Q. Backus, amen. To the officers, members of this great fellowship of saints, again, it's good to be here. I am doubly honored that my uncle thought enough of me to let me participate in such a legendary preaching series. For indeed, these two gospel giants have reshaped the spiritual landscape of America. In Omaha, you indeed are blessed to have called them your pastor. So I stand on the shoulders of those who have preached before, and I got my shout out early just in case. If you didn't get yours, that's on you, that ain't on me. I hope you got your shout, amen, amen. Certainly, uh, to my Aunt Marla Backus, we thank God. We grew up calling her Aunt Larla, Aunt Marla, amen. Uh, and certainly to my other aunt, uh, Auntie Sonia, Little Darian. Auntie Sonia is one of the greatest supporters uh, that I have. She didn't have to drive all the way up here, uh, but she did to come. And wherever I am, she, when she lived in Maryland, came up to New York, let me come down there. And I am just grateful for her. And Little Darian, Little Darian gave his life to the Lord. The last time I preached in Kansas City. So I will we'll ever be connected because of that. Amen? Amen. Don't want to be before you too long today. Are the Giants, I mean, the Cowboys playing today? What time they play? They, they got the late game. Oh, we ain't in no rush. We can take our time. Come on, y'all. We can take our time. Amen. In the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 4, 
verses 38 through 41. Second Kings chapter 4 verses 38 through 41. The New King James Version read like this. Elisha returned to Gilgal. And there was a famine in the land. Now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said to his servant, put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. So one went out into the field to gather herbs and find a wild vine and gathered from it a lap full of wild gourds came and sliced them into the pot of stew though they did not know what they were. Then they served it to the men to eat. Now it happened, as they were eating the stew, that they cried out and said, Man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat it. So he said, Then bring some flour. And he put it into the pot and said, serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. With the help of the Lord for just a few moments, I want to talk from this thought, God's answer to death in the pot. God's answer to death in the pot. Please join me for just a brief word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day that we'll never see again. We'll never be again in this moment. Lord, we believe that your infinite wisdom and foresight saw to this very day. Lord, we didn't come out for shape, form, or fashion, but we came to hear from you. So, Lord, it is our humble prayer that you would speak to these, your children. Speak, O Lord, that we may hear. Steal our hearts and our minds to receive. We pray for not just information, but revelation. That we may be better for our time together. Now, O Lord, I ask that you shine a light down on my soul. Not if, but when you find what should not be, please remove it right now so that nothing gets in the way of these, your people, hearing from you. Hide me behind the cross. Use these lips of clay. No, Lord, it is our prayer that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, who is our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus the Christ's name, we do pray and say, Amen and amen. <clears throat> I want to begin by posing a question. What would your life be like without the Word of God? 
again, I raise the question, what would your life be like without the Word of God? I remember my father uh, did some time away, and one of the things that was the most frustrating while he was away was there were some things I wanted to do that I couldn't do because my father wasn't there. And oftentimes, I would try to, uh, to do things when he was not around, uh, but I had a little bit of a challenge. I, I couldn't quite yet fully read and comprehend and understand instructions. So oftentimes, I would try to assemble things, put stuff together without the benefit of being able to read the instructions. And as I'm sure you can imagine, many of my experiments failed in glorious splendor. Simply because the instructions were there, but I didn't know how to follow them. Have you ever heard the, the, the acronym that the Bible is the believer's instructions before leaving earth? That's the Bible. That's the Word of God. You do know what the Word is, don't you? It's in the Gospel of John, that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all things that were made were made through the Word. Do you know how important the Word of God is in your life? The Word of God is your instruction, it is your encouragement, it is your guidance, it is your motivation, it is the guardrails and boundaries by which we are to live out our lives. The Word of God is important for the believer. Can you imagine why that there has been so much has attempted to attack discredit, disravel the word of God. We should not be surprised, should not be surprised, for from the very beginning, the attack has been on the word of God. I need my Bible readers who can be reminded of Genesis chapter 3. The first conversation between Eve and Satan surrounded this concept of the Word of God. Uh, turn back in your memory books, if you can, to the last time you read it, and you will bring to remembrance that Satan said, Did God really say? We see the strategy and the attack of the enemy attempting to discredit, to attack the Word of God. We know as a people whose skin has been kissed by the sun, the strategy we saw in the biblical days was the same strategy, visited upon our forefathers in these still trying to be united states of America. Uh, did you know that the word of God was even attacked on plantations? as they attempted to discredit or to take away the parts of the Bible that would speak to liberation, 
that would speak to freedom. And we were given a whitewashed, watered-down version of the word to keep us stuck where we are. But I got good news for you, brothers and sisters. Little did they know what that was introduced as a means of subjugation and slavery to prevent rebellion and an uprising. Little did they know that they did the worst thing they could have done when they put a Bible in our hands. When, 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 when some old saints in the plantation, in the backwoods, and while they were picking cotton, started to hear about a man named Jesus, started to hear that there was a God who wanted the liberation of his people. And although they gave us the word to keep us subjugated, I'm so glad they messed up when we got the word of God and we heard that there's a man telling Moses to go down to Pharaoh and let my people go. It's the word of God that has been central to our community building and life efforts. I want to stress the importance of the Word of God. Brothers and sisters, we are living in a day and a time when the Word of God is under attack. The Word of God is under attack because we have adopted the pop psychology. We have started to listen to barbershop theology. Uh, we, we've started listening to uh, the beauty shop theology. Uh, we've started talking to brothers and sisters on the block. We've started watching television rather than recognizing that God has put a preacher and a pastor in your life to speak to your specific situation. But when I do not come out to the house of God, when I do not tune in, I'm missing the word of life that God desires to be sown into my spirit. Any postal workers in here? One of the things you discover is that there are some words and some letters that are sent that are so important that you have to have signature confirmation, which means that when the delivery is made to your house, if it comes to your road, if it comes to your seat and that word that you need to hear has been spoken but you're not there for your signature confirmation, you may miss what God is trying to say in your life. I want to emphasize and stress the importance of the word of God. The question then is raised, how do we receive the word of God? Well, I'm so glad you asked in the book of Romans, it is left on record. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And we thank God that as we've come to celebrate this preaching series, you're not just celebrating the men. You're not just celebrating the fact that they were preachers, but you're celebrating they were preachers who knew the word of God, who heard from God, and spoke that word into your life, and without the word of God spoken into your life, how many of us can testify, I don't know where I'd be? 
We've come to, to celebrate in this Wade and Watson preaching series is the fact that the Word of God is still working. That the Word of God is still going forward. Now my Aunt Sonia, my Uncle Selwyn can testify that growing up, my grandfather, I believe it was on the second Sunday of every youth month, I believe in the month of February, that my grandfather would get out this big pot he would begin to teach the youth and, and tell them that there is death in the pot. And I used to be so fascinated because that was the first time my grandfather, he pulled out his gun. You got to imagine how novel and exciting that was for a little kid growing up in church and all of a sudden your grandfather pulled out a strap. Y'all ain't going to help me up in here. He went on to, to show us, to demonstrate all of these things that were symbolic of death in the pot. He went on to go and explain that essentially our life is a lot like the pot. And what you put in the pot will determine if you live or if you die. Here it is, brothers and sisters. I want to borrow that, that notion and that understanding. What, what is the pot? The pot is your life and your life will be determined by whatever you allow to get put in your pot I promise I'm going somewhere if y'all just hang with me for a moment now, have you ever heard the expression that you are what you eat I can't get no help up in here if if I eat junk I can't get no help up in here. If, if I put nothing but bad stuff in, y'all going to help me on this side. Bad stuff is what's going to come out. So therefore, brothers and sisters, we must be concerned about what we allow to get put in our pot. Now here it is in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 38 through 41, we get a picture of the prophet Elijah uh, who is gathered with the sons of the prophets. The Bible says there is a famine in the land. They have received the instruction and the teaching. And I imagine being a prophet, he also had good ears. And after sitting around and teaching, he started to hear some rumbling and some grumbling. Somebody's stomach probably rumbling right now because you like me, you didn't eat breakfast. Y'all ain't going to help me up in here. He's sitting around preaching the word. Thus says God. And all of a sudden, y'all ain't going to help. Y'all know how we do. You ever been so embarrassed? You ever been sitting next to somebody and both of y'all's stomachs been rumbling? You ain't even know who to blame, who, who to look at. They ain't got nothing to do with the sermon. I'm on my way. But, 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 but here it is. Sons of the prophets have gathered. They have heard the instruction, the word of life. They find themselves in the midst of a famine. It's in the midst of the famine that the prophet is compassionate upon his teaching companions. And they begin to, to sit around. They're listening. I believe as in the process of time, as time went on, all of a sudden stomachs started growling, attention started drifting because they were hungry in the midst of a famine. Now being hungry in the midst of the famine, 
the prophet Elisha tells one of the sons of the prophets to go out and gather herbs. In the process of gathering herbs, he stumbles upon and finds a wild vine. And on that wild vine is growing these gourds that have been suggested to probably be orange and to look somewhat like a cucumber except circle. So I guess it really ain't a cucumber. Maybe I should say an orange. Amen like a large orange, but these gourds that are now out there. So he gathers, the Bible says, a lap full of gourds. Essentially, he gathers as many as he can. He comes back. Somebody cuts them up, put them in the pot. People start to eat it. And as they are eating, somebody cries out, Man of God, there is death in the pot. I want, to, I want to, if I can, just, just, just talk for a moment about God's answer to death in the pot. Before I get to the answer, I got to raise the question, how did death get there in the first place? Well, as it suggests, brothers and sisters, that there is a famine in the land. This famine has dragged on and raged on that when you look at 2 Kings, you see the rise of the prophet Elisha. He is amidst the people who have turned from God. In the midst of turning from God, there is a direct consequence because now there is a famine in the land. And I would suggest, brothers and sisters, just as was the case then, it is the case now that when the people get away from God, when the people stop hearing and responding to the Word of God, when the people have gone lusting after the ways of this world, there is going to be a consequence. Going to be some repercussions. I want you to think, if you will, for it was Jesus in John chapter 3 who told Nicodemus, if you don't understand natural things, how will you ever understand spiritual things? We must therefore understand the, the natural dimensions of a famine and how it relates to the spiritual famine which we see ourselves in in America. That, brothers and sisters, just as was the case then, that people had drifted from God following the ways of the world and those who were surrounding them. I want to raise the question, brothers and sisters, that doesn't it seem like we're somewhat in the midst of a famine? When the last time you've been to the grocery store, what used to be $2.99 is now $12.99. What used to be $6.99 is now $17.99. Can I get some help up in here? That, that, that they say the economy is doing good, but I don't think they've been to my street. I don't think they've been to my block. I see more and more people struggling, and the question has to be raised. Why? Because as a nation, we have gotten away from God and the things of God. There is a famine in the land. And I believe that the natural famine is direct consequence of a spiritual famine in the house of God. A spiritual famine in the house of God. You know what a famine is. A famine is just simply when there's not enough. 
when fields are now barren, when trees are not bearing fruit, when vines are empty. Here it is, brothers and sisters, there is a famine. Now, what does the famine look like? The famine looks like people don't have enough to eat. The process of not having enough to eat, there are always terrible and tragic consequences. Lo and behold, the famine in the modern-day church, brothers and sisters, I believe is directly connected to what is happening in our churches. Now, when we look at this, that we must recognize that God has given all of us a pot. And what you allow to get put in that pot going to determine the trajectory of your life. Thanks be unto God that you've got a pastor just like they had a prophet in that day who was compassionate, who saw the challenges that were confronting his people and he decided it's time for me to prepare a good meal for the people to eat. Now, now you got to think about it, that, that this was not unusual in the biblical character. That we remember that Jesus, in John chapter 6, also had compassion on the people who had journeyed and stayed long with him, hearing the word of God, and he recognized that if they went back where they were going, without a good meal to feast upon, they may faint and die along the way. I know one of the great challenges uh, in preaching and uh, uh, these days, particularly when you can turn to YouTube, you can turn to TikTok, Facebook, and all of these other places where you got a whole lot of people preparing a whole lot of meals. But I stop by to tell you every meal is not created equal. Just because they got a chef aprons on don't mean they can cook. Y'all ain't going to help me in this place. And as a consequence, brothers and sisters, you got to thank God that you got a pastor who cares enough to try to prepare a meal week by week that you can feast and eat upon to make it through the challenges of this life got a pastor and have had pastors historically that have cared enough to spend the appropriate amount of time preparing a word because they knew it was a famine in the land. And the people don't eat at church where they going to eat, y'all. If a meal is not prepared to help you be your best, if a meal is not prepared to help you deal with the mess and the drama on your job, Y'all ain't gonna help me up in here. If a meal is not prepared to help you deal with that no-count Negro, I wish I had some help up in here. If a meal is not prepared to help you deal with that sister who you got some questions about, y'all ain't gonna help me. The truth is many of us would have lost our minds. We would have been dead and gone. We would be locked up in jail. But thank God you got a pastor and a prophet who cares enough to make sure you eat a good meal before you go back into the streets of your life. Now here it is, here it is that 
the prophet, the man of God, says, I tell you what to do. Go get a pot. Put it on the fire. And then he sends somebody out to go and gather herbs. The process of attempting to gather herbs so that there may be some substance in the pot. He goes looking for one thing, but he finds another. Y'all still praying with me? He went looking for herbs, but he found a wild vine. And there's something, brothers and sisters, where you got to be careful who you send to go gather what's going to come in your pot. I know, I know, I know that all of it looks the same. To you, it may sound the same. Three points. And at the end, if it good, good early one Sunday morning. But I've come to tell you, you got to be careful who you send to go gather the meal to go gather the materials and the ingredients to put in your pot. Because some people who may be putting things in your pot don't have the vested interest that the man of God does for your life. I can't get no help up in here. Everybody should not be able to put stuff in your pot. But you want to be connected to a church, to a man of God, to a house of God where you know within yourself that he cares enough to prepare a meal where just because it looks good don't mean he's going to throw it in the pot. Now this is important, brothers and sisters. The reason that we appreciated the Wade and Dr. Wade and Dr. Watson preaching is because there was some cultivation of the message. There was some preparation and intentionality that went into the meal that was about to be served. I want you to look at the text. Listen to what he says. He went out looking for herbs, but he stumbled upon not just the vine. Some things that come from vines are good. You know grapes come from vines. Somebody's going to have some grapes for communion later on tonight. Amen. You ought to tell the truth and shame the devil. Here it is. But, but, but notice here, y'all, that there was a wild vine. And being wild means it had not been cultivated. <laughs> it had not been prepared. It had not been investigated enough to know what was about to be thrown into the pot. You know, one of the reasons we got so much famine in the church is we got a whole lot of people just throwing anything in the pot. A whole lot of people who have not been trained and prepared to cook a meal and we're wondering why there's so much death in the church. I want you to think about this. When the last time you took your car to somebody who just had a mechanic's uniform on? Ain't never worked on nobody's car. Y'all ain't gonna help me in this place. But at some point or another, there ought to be some demonstrated evidence of some fruitfulness 
that what you put your hands and your heart to, there is a return. What am I trying to say? That you need to thank God that you've had a pastor in Dr. Wade, a pastor in Dr. Watson, and now a pastor in Dr. Backus who has been trained and prepared and cultivated the word rather than just going out taking any old new thought, any old new philosophy, any old new thing. But you ought to thank God I got a man of God who stands on the word of God who stands up and declares what thus says the word of God now here it is here it is I gotta appreciate and recognize that God has given us a heritage of powerful preachers and pastors who care about the meal that they serve thank God but then you gotta thank God that you have pastors and preachers who have prepared enough meals to where you know a bad meal when you taste one. Come on, are y'all praying with me? You ought to thank God that you know the difference. You ought to thank God that you know the difference between junk, between mess, and between the Word of God. You ought to thank God that you know the difference between somebody who's standing up in their own power and one who's standing under the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the power of God. Now here's a shout, y'all. Thank God that you know the difference. There's a whole lot of people eating death in their pot don't even know it. Who are wondering why their life is not going the way they think it should. I read that the Lord would supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I, I read about the goodness of the Lord. I, I read about those things, but I'm not seeing it play out in my life. And the question has to be raised why. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we can be our own worst enemy. Instead of coming to hear what thus says the word of God, that says the man of God from the word of God, we want to come up with our own popcorn theology. Y'all ain't going to help me in this place. I told you you should have got your shout earlier. Y'all thought I was playing. Here it is, the wild, uncultivated vines. Every thought that pops in your mind is not worthy of repeating. Everything you think you heard from the Lord may not have been from the Lord. It may have been that ham that you ate last night before you went to sleep. Y'all ain't gonna help me in this place. Gotta be careful about the wild vines. Now what's the problem with wild vines? The wild vines produce gourds, and these gourds were like a cucumber-like uh, uh, fruit or melon, essentially. Here's the problem. They look good, but they weren't good for you whole lot of stuff that look good, may even sound good, but how many of us know it ain't always good for me? Now here it is, brothers and sisters, when you send the wrong person to prepare your meal who don't know what they're looking for, they'll take whatever they can get. And they don't even know, having prayed over, having processed, having fasted, having sought the Lord to make sure that they're putting life and not death in your pot. 
Look what happened. Now, when he gathered the gourds, when you do a little research, it suggests the problem with the gourds is that they were very bitter to taste. That they were bitter. They were very difficult to consume. Now, when you're hearing the word of God, when somebody is preaching, this is what I want you to do. I want you to check yourself. And there are some words, I want to be careful how I say this, because there are some words that ought to challenge us, that ought to convict us, ought to push us to be better. But then there's some words that you ought to be able to recognize it's just bitter when, oh, taste and see. The Lord God, he is good. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. I wish I had some help. That there's a difference in what you're consuming and you know it when you taste it. Now watch this. The problem with the gourd, brothers and sisters, is that as you consume the gourd, it had an impact on your nervous system. You started to have bad nerves. You started to go through almost a state of mental derangement. That was the first effect. The second effect was that it loosened your bowels. So much so that everything in you came out of you and nothing would stop it. To the point of eventual dehydration and death. Y'all praying with me. Now, the challenge is, the reason you want to be careful about who's putting stuff in your pot is because the wrong person to have your nerves on edge. The wrong food in your pot to have you losing your mind. The wrong food in your pot. And, and you will begin to question what God has said in 2 Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. What am I suggesting? That the wrong word almost will make you lose your mind. Because if it ain't the word that's anchored in the things of God, it will not last for only the word of God will stand. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God, you can trust it, you can rely on it, you can put your life on it, you can allow it to lead you through this life. And you got to raise the question, have I been coming to church so long and every little thing that happens in my life, I lose my mind? When tragedy and tribulation arise, have I lost my nerve because I hadn't been eating the right meal? But if I've been eating the right meal, I know that God will never leave me nor forsake me. If I've been reading the right meal, I know that I can hide under the secret, in the secret place of the Almighty, under the shadow of the Almighty. If I've been eating the right word, then my mind is sound. My mind is stable, and I'm not driven to and fro like the winds of this life between this church and that church, between this thought and that thought, between this person and that person. But if I'm eating the right word, it's going to stabilize my mind. Secondly, secondly, the, the, the problem with eating the wrong thing, not only does it mess with your mind, it starts messing with your body. <laughs> that, that the word that you were supposed to receive nurture, uh, nurture, the word that you were supposed to receive the gift of life and the fullness that comes from the word of God, you leave church empty when you're supposed to be full. You ought to thank God. We come from a legacy and a tradition where we don't leave church empty, we leave church full. 
because I need to be full to be able to endure what I'm going to have to go through when I get back to my life. You can't let everybody put everything in your pot. You got to be careful to ensure that you have someone who has been trained and prepared, most importantly anointed by God. Because if not, I may be eating my own death. Here it is. They begin to eat. It's a challenge. I'm sorry, before they begin to eat, that he gathered and found this gourd. Then he came and started cutting it up and just threw it in the pot. Bible says that no one knew where it came from. It just popped up out of nowhere. Because it looked good, they started taking it. Can, can, can I add something else, y'all? You ought to thank God that you got a pastor who comes from a rich lineage, a rich legacy. Y'all know where he came from. Can I get some help up in here? You know who his daddy is. You know what his daddy been proclaiming for almost 60 years, preaching and proclaiming the gospel. You got to be careful and weary of folks who pop up out of nowhere. You don't know where they came from, what they've been through. You don't know about their relationship with the Lord, but you just going to allow somebody to show up and put food in your pot and you don't even know where they came from or where it came from. And we wonder why we so sick in the church. We taking words from people. We got Baptist churches that got all types of pastors except everybody who Baptist. I can't get no help up in here. I'm almost done. I told you you should have got your shout. I told you you should have got your shout. Allowing all these things to happen and we wonder why we are where we are. You got to be careful. You got to guard your pot. Now here it is, brothers and sisters, that after they go through, they begin to eat it. Thanks be unto God that you've been trained so to where you can taste death in the pot. They said, no, we can't have no more of that. And they begin to cry out to the man of God. And what I love is even when there's death in the pot, God always has a solution. Now, what, 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 what happened after they cried out? Listen to what the man of God said. Just bring me a little bit of flour to put in the pot. And the man of God put the flour in the pot. And before you know it, that pot that was death in the pot, the pot that contained poison and the toxins of this life, before you knew it, the pot was now consumable. The pot could now be eaten. I'm closing when I tell you this. You ought to thank God that you got a place to come to every Sunday. You ought to thank God for the, leg the legacy and the lineage and the history of the preachers of this great pulpit. And the truth is, ain't that why you come to church every Sunday? 
so that you can hear a word from the Lord. Now, I'm not much of a cook. I'm going to tell the truth and shame the devil. But I heard. I heard. That sometimes when you're preparing a meal, sometimes you can put too much ingredients. And I heard that, that what you have to do every now and then is take a little flour and put it in the pot. And when the flour goes in the pot, what it does is absorb that which you didn't want in the pot. And it leaves an end product that's better than what you started. Can, can, can I help somebody as I get ready to take my seat? Don't you know that's why you come to the house of the Lord every Sunday? Because after all the hell you caught this week, all of the pain and trauma and disappointment, you come to get a meal prepared from a man of God who what the word does is sprinkle a little flour to help absorb the toxins and the poisons and the mess and messiness, the trouble and tribulation of this life. And before you know it, you're full and ready to go on about your Christian service. That's all I come to tell somebody, that this world is doing everything it can to put death in your pot. We see death in the pot all around us. That's why that uh, over 25, 40 million people have stopped coming to church because they forgot the reason that I come. I come because I've had uh, some difficult days in this life. I come because I need to hear a word from the Lord. I come with my pot uh, that the man of God may go into the word of God, gather a little flour, and sprinkle it in my pot. Well, I got to leave you now, but I stopped by to remind you that flour is a byproduct of wheat that it takes the grains of wheat uh, to be mashed and put together and go through the refining process, that I can't get to the flour without the wheat. Well, I got good news for you that it was my Lord and Savior Jesus who said that unless a grain of wheat dies and falls into the ground. It cannot produce much life. Well, I got good news for you that we serve a God with the name of Jesus. You know Jesus, don't you? He is the bread of life. I can't get to the bread without the wheat. I can't get to the flour without the wheat. I'm so glad that you got a pastor who Sunday after Sunday Sunday, uh, tells you about a God who's able uh, to put a little wheat in your situation, uh, to put a little flour in your situation. Um, you ought to thank God uh, that no matter what life may bring you, uh, if I can just make my way uh, to the house of the Lord, uh, I know there's a meal uh, that's been prepared for me. Um, I know you wonder, uh, how is it, Pastor? Uh, it seems like uh, you've been looking through my kitchen window. Uh, it seems like uh, you've been tapping my phone. Uh, it seems like I've uh, been listening to my conversations. Uh, it's because God uh, has anointed this man. Uh, it's because God 
has called this man. And week by week, Sunday after Sunday, he labors before the Lord, saying, Lord, what's the word you got for Salem this week? And thank God you got a pastor who put a little flower in your pot to help you keep on keeping on. What is that flower that no weapon formed against me shall prosper? He'll put a little flower to tell you that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You come in on Sunday, he puts a little flower that weeping may endure for a night but joy is coming in the morning. Thank God you got a place to come get a little flower put in your pot that I can do. I will see, I will be, that I'm going to be the head and not the tail. I'm going to be the lender and not the borrower. I thank God for the flower that comes into my life. What would we do without the Word of God? I thank God for the Word. Won't it pick up your bowed down head? Won't it dry your tear-stained eyes? Won't it give you strength to run on and see what the end will be? Thank you, Lord for your word. Thank you, Lord. I'm not in it alone, but I thank God I got some flour to put in my pot. I thank God what the devil meant for bad. God is working it for my good. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Dr. Wade in heaven. Thank you, Dr. Watson, for all those years sprinkling flour in the Salem pot, giving a word that allows you to keep on keeping on, bringing a word that gives you strength for the journey. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Come on, stand to your feet, put your hands together and praise the Lord for the word on today, for the message and the messenger. Ah, thank the Lord that the word of God can take care of that death that's in the pot. With all that the world puts in it, the word of God can neutralize it. Amen. The word of God can feed you, nurture you, and sustain you. Oh, I thank God that the word declares that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us all. Thank God that the word declares that yes, Jesus was crucified on Friday outside the walls of Jerusalem, but early Sunday morning when they went to the grave, the stone was rolled away. The angelic beings declared, why look for the living among the dead? Thank God that the word says we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Thank God that the word declares if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, 
that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so we offer Christ to you on today. We offer you the opportunity to come and know Jesus for yourself. Confess him as Lord and as Savior. Declaring this day that I realize I can have life, life abundantly and life eternally through Jesus Christ. And so even now we extend this invitation. If you've not made your own confession of faith, this is your moment. This is your time to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Take a step of faith. Step out in the aisles. Come down. Give your life to the Lord Jesus. Or if you're saved, but for whatever reason, you're out of fellowship with the local church, this is your opportunity to be a part of the family of faith here at the Salem Baptist Church. But however you come, you ought to come this day and give your life to the Lord. Or if you're watching or listening at this moment, there's someone waiting to hear your voice. You can give us a call at 402-455-1000, option three. There's someone waiting to hear your voice to receive you into the family of faith here at the Salem Church. Why don't you come? Yes, he will say. Trust, only trust. Why don't you come? seated amen we praise God today my dear brother is coming on his Christian experience to be a part of the family of faith here at the Salem Church I want to let you know you are an answer to our prayers. We've been praying that the Lord would send persons our way to help us build an even greater church, and you are an answer to that prayer. We are so excited that you've come today to be a part of the Salem Church, and we want you to come on in, find your place. The Lord has something for you to do in the life of the Salem Church. Now, all of these good-looking folk right here, we're a part of your family, and you are a part of ours. Come on, Salem, let's give them a hand of welcome. Amen, amen. We praise God today. The deacons are going to take you out, get some more information from you, or you can do it after church if you want to. 
You gonna take him out? All right, all right. God bless you. Come on, Salem. Let's praise God today. Amen. My dear sister comes and uh, is experiencing some tragedy and trauma and drama in her life and her family's life. And uh, we want to uh, go to the Lord on her behalf. My dear sister here comes uh, seeking the Lord's blessings upon her life as well. And we again know that the Lord meets us uh, where we are. Amen. He meets us where we are. Somebody ought to say amen. He meets us where we are. Amen. And so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, once again, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you that your word can come into our lives and bring a sense of peace and calm and stability in moments of uncertainty. And Lord, we know that even as believers, life is not without its troubles, trials, and tests. So God, even as my dear sister comes representing herself and her family, God, with the difficult moments that they are enduring, we pray, God, that you would give them strength, that you give them endurance, Give them the wisdom to lean on you when they don't have the strength to lean on anything else. To know that you are with them. That even in this season of the year that you are Emmanuel, God with us. So God, we pray that if there is confusion and chaos, you will cause a sense of peace and calm to reign in the life of this family and allow them, even as the preacher has declared, to rest in your word. Your word lets us know that you are with us that if God is with us, who even as the world can stand against us? So we praise God for what you're going to do in the life of this family and for the testimony and witness that shall be a result of how you will move in their lives. And my dear sister, God, we stand on her behalf even now.